Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hi guys, welcome back to Rethink Real Estate. Um, Ben Brady here. Um, Special celebrity guest, I would say today. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Rob Ford, our Regional Director for Harcourts Pacific. Uh, making up California, Nevada, and Hawaii. Um, brought Rob on today um, for a specific reason because um, I noticed a post that Rob had put up on Facebook and then also we'd been speaking about it in the office. And one of the topics that often comes up with Rob and I about the future is you know, the relevance of real estate agents, You know, what's changing, what's the next Uber of real estate. I think it's a topical thing um, because you've got so many people out there trying to solve it and wanted to bring Rob on today um, for some insight because it's something that you take a pretty big passion in, don't you, Rob? Sort of yeah. making sure that you stay relevant to the real estate trends of the market, and that's probably something that a leader for the Harcourts organisation needs to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think as as a leader of a, you know the business that we're in, especially in the time of market that we're in, to to not be looking at what are the options, what are the different players, what are the trends, and where the market is going, I think would be uh, would be naive. So yeah, yeah definitely definitely keep a, a pretty close eye on it. Naive to say the least, I guess. But yeah. but I think that one of the mentalities that a lot of real estate franchise companies, but not to mention as well, focusing more on the independent agent themselves, mm. they're burying their head in the sand, hoping that nothing happens. While there's all this talk around them, they seem to think that well, I just hope it doesn't happen, and they're not making any change. I think that that brings up the first question that I want to run through with you today, Rob, is that. What is the relevance of a real estate agent moving into the to the next five, 10, 15 years? Give us your 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 different scope over five, 10, 15, maybe even twenty years. What yeah. do you think is going to be the trend? Yeah, good question. It's funny because there's you know there's times when you actually look at and and you can get so caught up in the hype, and I, I definitely have been or been victim to having a look at you know if you you read Inman every day there's going to be a, a new company or a disruption or there's going to be something that's going to completely change and wipe out or re, restructure the industry. Mm. And, and I think it's easy to get caught up in that. And one of the things I was, I was thinking about is, you know, I think we need to change the word within real estate from disruption uh, to evolution. Because mm. I, think, I think the industry is evolving and I think it will continue to evolve. And I think with the, you know, the technology that we have available now to us, I think we're, we're probably seeing a, a faster rate of change and things evolving quicker. Mm. But I think the, the thing that we, a lot of people have sort of forgotten about in light of all of this is what is really important to the, to the client. Because I think at the end of the day, whatever direction we take and whatever happens within the industry, I think we need to be incredibly focused on what is actually happening to the client. And, and I think we need to look at what we are actually doing and what we're delivering that is actually enhancing that in- experience. Because I think there's a number of things that we do now that, and, and good agents now, that follow the process and actually provide what a client wants that yep. are not going to be disrupted. No. Because realistically, if we know if we're homeowners, what's important to us? It's the, the value that our home is worth yes. and that we have a good agent can inform us, that can help us on that 
knowing what we've got because until we need an agent, that's the, the purpose for them is to, to assist us. Yep. When we need an agent, we're looking to sell. It's to guide us through that process. Yep. I don't see that there's been any drastic changes in the actual process of how a property changes hands in terms of title and in terms of uh, escrow and, and closing. Well, I think that one of the major revolutions in real estate over the past, I don't know how many years, but, um, but DocuSign. That's yep. probably the only real yep. major change. There's no press hard two copies. Yeah. Okay. That was, I suppose, email and, and doing it all online. But now DocuSign has taken it to a whole nother category. But yeah. but that's just adding to the convenience of, of, of what is real estate. It's not adding to the client experience too no. much. And and, and I think I think we as an industry, I mean, we've spent in, in terms of thinking about the client, we've spent so much time on client facing stuff. Like you mm. think about and Zillow, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but you know, your, your website portals and your yep. search and everything, a lot of innovation has gone into the buyer and into search and the way that they find and, and look for property. If you actually think about the process and the most difficult part about being an agent, it's navigating through from when you're starting to get offers to then getting an offer accepted, so that negotiating negotiation period mm. but then also through the complexities of how you go from an open escrow to, to closed and yep. and then working through that process with the client of going through the steps on what it is they actually need to do how they need to perform it and to me we haven't as an industry spent a lot of time thinking about how we can make that better yeah and i think the more time that we can spend in actually enhancing that experience yep. is going to make it a lot better for the client which at the end of the day is going to drive where the industry goes so 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 just to recap it the question was with the relevant of uh, relevance of agents in the next 5 10 15 maybe even 20 years yep. um, and all of it boils back down to the answer to the question in a straightforward matter you you think it's client experience 100% and i think it's a difficult thing in in real estate for a client experience because you know, I have to tussle with client experience all the time yeah. because I, I, I work with so many realtors that come and face me and go, well, I want to protect my client. When they're actually crippling them by not running them through the appropriate process, they think protect their client is keep them happy. Yeah. It, it's interesting how there's a fine line in real estate because I know for a fact that everyone wants a great relationship with their client but then there's bordering on stalking <laughs> yeah. or bordering on, on, they don't want a best friend, they just want somebody that's going to get their home sold and hey, they might like them along the way, but but ultimately it's hard. But I guess Rob, the next part of it is, is client experience is going to be key for the relevance of real estate agents moving into the future. And, but, and, that, and that, that comes with competency though. Like you think yes. about, let's say that you invest money in the share market and you pay a an advisor to look after your portfolio. Yes financial planner or whoever it is, yep. Exactly. Now, if they're just good friends with you and they deliver a substandard result, mm. you're not, I mean, so, so I the think- The friendship's probably on the it's, line. It's gone. The, and and, and yeah. that's what I think with real estate. I mean, realistically, we, we think if we're being good friends with clients um, and not giving them bad news, so to speak, yeah. which is, I think, where you're sort of going with that. Yeah. We're not helping anyone. We're not creating good experience because we're not getting the. We're not doing the thing that we're employed to do, which is get the place sold. So that segues me perfectly into where I was going with it. Is the is the fact is Rob, we're in a, in an industry, as you said, that if the client is unhappy or or, or their experience isn't great, mm. then they're unhappy with us. We don't get repeat business, and we're not relevant in the future. How is it in a changing marketplace like we're in at the moment, a normalising market? Yeah. Okay, um, where we're coming back down, prices are coming down, sellers' expectations are still high because everyone always is when it comes to selling their home. Mm. How do you manage that to get them to accept less 
but then also making sure that their experience is still world class. You do more. Okay. You just have to do more. I think, you know, that's that's one of the things. If you have a look at the statistics in, in the US of what the market has done over the last decade, mm. and for 10 years it's grown. Yes. Like things, have, things have been growing. So I think we've been able to become, and, and it's not just in the US, it's globally really, mm. and I think we've been able to become complacent by yep. probably not doing as much. I mean, in certain markets we are, but, you know, in general, if you look at the role of what we actually have to do, it's more about making sure you're managing the buyers, creating multiple offers and delivering a good result. Mm -hmm. Versus now, I think that the most important thing is the work that we can do with the seller. And, and you know, it's the old, the old story. If, you, if you're not talking to a seller, what do they think you're doing? Nothing. Nothing, absolutely. So I think every day we need to be talking to the seller. Yes. And we need to be finding ways that we can actually give them useful information showing that we're working to get a result for them. Yes. So, you know, it's that, that little one every day. If, if you've had no activity on the home, call your seller and say, hey, look, I'm really sorry. Had nothing has changed over the home over the past 24 hours. Just wanted to give you a call, let you know I'm thinking of you. We're going to change the order of the photos on the MLS yep. to see if that stirs something. Got the open home coming up tonight. We'll make sure that we keep you posted. Yep. And then getting information from the market. Yep. You know, it's a, you go in and tell a seller that their price is too high and they need to reduce it. And it's your opinion versus theirs. And you're meant to be working for them. And all of a sudden, why are you now telling me to reduce the price when you thought we were going to get this? And yep. it's a me versus you. Versus if you can go to the market and generate offers from the market, yep. and as we know, auction is the perfect way to do it. You know, we've got a lower bidding to start from, we've got people coming in. Yep. Where do you see the value? Generate the offer, pull, extract the market from the buyer, which is where the skill of an agent is. Well, then that is how we're actually going to keep relevant in this market because and we're going to get property to the, sold. And relevant to the experience because, you know, so I think that to recap the gold out of that conversation that you mentioned is that how do you, in a, in a downturned market, how do you keep the client experience perfect or world-class is just yeah. do more because yeah. then they have a generalized feeling. It's not about the result doesn't typically tie to whether or not you get a five-star rating. It's more about how hard did you work so that they had the peace of mind that there was no more that could be done to get them the result. And, and I, would, I would challenge that as well and say realistically in a market, if you've got days on market that are blowing out from, you know, going from 30 to 60 to 90, Yep. you're still getting a result in 30. Yep. I think you will get a five-star rating. Yeah, correct. That's right. So tying it all back in, um, what is the relevance of an agent um, within the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? If I'm, just, if I'm taking on the information that you're giving me yep. I, and, and answering the question is that regardless of what happens or what market trend or whatever it happens or that, that um, you know, revolution or, or whatever it's called of something different in real estate, it's still going to come back down to doing more and it's still going to come back down to the experience that that person has because yeah. until humans don't live in homes, you know, it's going to be the same. But if I can, if I can put it to you this way, Rob, is that it's funny that we always talk about the Uber of real estate, we always talk about that revolution, whatever yeah. you want to talk about, okay? Or whatever you want to talk about or, or have in the back of your mind that is it coming. Yeah. I personally don't believe there is anything that anyone can do in a marketplace that is a normal marketplace, not an exorbitantly um, overrun marketplace yep. of buyers and whatever it may be, okay, that is an easy marketplace. Yes, could we create a system that gets rid of a real estate agent in an inflated, booming market? Absolutely, we could tomorrow. But most of the time in California, if you look at the historical trend, it's been yeah. in a pretty balanced marketplace. And yeah. in that balanced to negative market, 
there is nothing that is going to supersede the face-to-face or the conversations that people need to hear in order no. to educate themselves on the market. And, and it's funny, I, I think we're our own worst enemy. And, and when you have a look at the, the opportunity that we have and, and, and where we can really provide relevant, useful information to, to the client, yep. last year there was 80,000 premier agents on Zillow. Yep. They paid Zillow $800 million in revenue. So let's talk about Zillow for a minute, okay? We've just heard some yep. pretty staggering numbers there. Yep. So 80,000 premier agents yep. that gave them $800 million worth of revenue. Yep. Okay? So agents are... are gen- <laughs> it's funny that agents are basically funding their demise. Well, they are. But what are they paying for? What the, are they paying for? Buyer leads. Mm-hmm. I would hazard... This, I mean, most of the buyer leads that are getting produced, are, they're, they're not worth... Not great. The, the, not good at all. Yeah. And... and We've got a couple of premier agents in our organisation, and I know from talking to them, um, you know, we're probably talking out of every 20 phone calls, they might get one buyer yep. that may or may not purchase or may be a good lead. Is Would you think that that's a good statistic? Or yeah, probably think? something around there. But I, the, the, And the reason that I go there is just because the, the, the money that we're spending on, one, funding a competitor, mm. because they've got iBuyer now and they're, you know, they're making moves, they're getting a mortgage company, so we're, we're funding a competitor for a start. Yep. And but the second part of that is we're we're paying all of this money when if we actually thought about what it was that was important to the client mm. and spend that money and backing ourselves to actually do our job as agents, yep. then we'd be in a far better position. Because I the, the thing that staggers me is the the opportunity that is left on the table from two things one around listings that we've currently got mm-hmm. because you know you the, the most relevant thing that we can do and the most relevant information that we've got as agents is to homeowners around something that's happening in their local market yep. i think we have to be hi- hyper local i think the more localized we can get around our listings and around making sure we're relevant to people in that really hyper local market mm-hmm. uh, and working a farm i think is is critical yeah critical to the success farm is farm seems like a dirty word in in most people's sort of evolution of things now and and the reason it does is because you see all these speakers get up on stage at the um you know national association of realtors and all these things they won't even use the term of farm and show someone how to prospect because they don't think it's evolutionary enough or or revolutionary enough i should say um, and, and it's funny how those simple principles of a farm area, you employ them into brand new agents that are, that are young and that are raring to go. And we've seen those agents go from zero to 800,000 in GCI within 12 months. But it's because they know what's relevant. I mean, I think it's important and critically important that we're area experts because mm. people want to deal with an expert. Now, if you've got a listing in uh, a, a certain particular core area, say you're working on 1,000, 1,500 homes, mm-hmm. is your knowledge of those homes going to be strong. Absolutely it is. And I would say if you were working over a, let's say you're working over a population of 200,000 people, yep. if you have five listings over 200,000 people, does anyone even know your name? No, not at all. It's if you've got five it. listings in a street, do yep. people know you exist? Absolutely. Yep. So I think the focus, rather than trying to pay and invest in these buyer leads, I mean, buyers are going to come to you if you've got the inventory. No question. There's absolutely no question. So if you can find a way to to get the inventory and and there isn't anything new i mean it's talking to people communicating and we've got better ways of tracking our data and working database to make sure that we're providing relevant information to these people but we've still got to do it the most the most successful people in the industry still are the ones that use the phone more than anyone else yes 
but they're connecting with real people that want to know real information about what's happening in their area. Yep. And how much easier is it when we've got a, a phone call to make and yep. we know what we're trying to say and we've got someone that's captive that wants to, to talk to us? Yep. Because if I'm a homeowner and I'm called to say a home three doors down the street was listed at 475000 it's going to have an impact on the sale of my price, am I interested to hear more? Of course you are. Absolutely. By nature. If, if someone's calling me out of the blue for no reason, with nothing to do with anything that I'm interested in, well, then it's going to be an awkward call. I'm not going to want to be on it. The person that's making the call is not going to be wanting to be on it. Mm. So I think that's where it's so important that we make sure that we're really focused on hyper-local and making sure that we work within that area. And the other part of that is I've asked a few agents recently because I, I just think this whole thing of data is going to be one of the most important things for the direction of the industry. And I think that there's of a lot of the agents that I've spoken to, and simple question, would there have been a buyer or seller that you have dealt with over the course of your career that if you only had have followed up with, you may have got, or or because you haven't followed up, you missed an opportunity to either, for them to buy or sell again through you. That's right. Just about every single person says, absolutely, I've missed it. So well, we spend so much energy in generating new business, which is so much more difficult and harder than to actually look after the business the that we've got. Business, create a pipeline. Absolutely. And I think that um, the it's interesting, the fact of the matter is, is that if you ask a buyer, or excuse me, if you ask an agent a question about, what if you were not allowed to knock on people's doors anymore? You mm. would get locked up if that if you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'd go to the phones. Well, what if the phone numbers disappeared and you were no longer allowed to call anybody and no one ever could list their phone number ever again and you were not allowed to get a phone call unless they knew your name and what you did and who you are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what would you do then? Oh well, then we would revert to you know dropping stuff on their front doorstep. Great. What if you got locked up if you did that? Okay. What would you do? Well, we'd be pretty much screwed. We couldn't do anything. Yeah. And it's the factor of well, at the moment you can still have phone numbers, you can yeah. still knock on doors, you can still deliver stuff to the doorstep. That's great. But why don't you be effective in making sure you capture as much information at the same time, so then you don't feel threatened that if yeah. something all of a sudden changed, you still have an actual database of people, a pipeline of people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, there's a, there's a gentleman by the name of Mark McLeod, he works for a competitive company, but all he has spoken about for the last 20 years is that the gold is in the pipeline. Yeah. Okay, you know, putting that name in there and nurturing that pipeline. Well, it's the old, you know, the old, isn't it? You know, every, every single person that we talk to is a future seller. It's just a matter of time as to when, and it's our job as, a, as an agent to nurture that relationship until they're ready. Correct. And, and I, I believe that to be true, and yep. I think we just need to get better at the way that we work with people uh, and we provide relevant information for them so that they know we're an area expert. And, and the reality is not many agents will do this. No. Um, we know not many do. No. Because the, the, the results, I mean, the, there's 1.2% of the agent population in the entirety of the US yep. did 25% of the deals. So let's talk about those numbers. How many agents in the US? So there's 1,250,000 licensed agents in the US. It'll probably get up close to the peak of uh, 1.3, which it was, but you can't guess when, just before the last crash. Oh, really? When things were going well, we're in a bull market, everyone's excited, easy, good time to get in, the numbers swelled. 1.3. 1.3. So what you're telling me is, is that the entire state of Queensland's population of people is a real estate agent here in the US. Yeah, and of those 1.25 million people, it was 15,000 agents. So 15,000 of 1.25 million 
did a quarter of all of the deals in the US last year. That's incredible numbers. It just goes to show that um, you know, when it comes to relevance, Rob, we spoke about that at the beginning of this uh, of this podcast. Is that five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty years? Mm. Um, where do you see the part time realtor, not full time, actually being removed from the picture? Because if you look at every other country that we know quite well in respect to real estate, there is no part time real estate really. No, there is a very small, tiny sector of that. But US, there seems to be a huge conglomerate, as you just mentioned. There's only fifteen thousand people that are actively doing a quarter of the deals I- out of one point two. Five million. I, I think the the industry here. I mean, the NAR is you know with one point two five, one point three million uh, licensed agents paying mm. for what it is. I think it's they have a lot of power and a lot of weight. I think that the fact that we still have the MLS and the MLSs do control quite a bit of, of power in the industry. I think has enabled buyers agents Mm -hmm. to remain uh, relevant because I think when we actually have a look at the consumer experience and we know from you know just looking internally at what buyers are doing and when they're coming to us and the the amount that they're using a buyer's agent I mean there's no question that that's decreased Uh, I think if NAR and the the MLS's didn't have the strength that they do to rally and, and and come together I think we probably would have seen a mass exodus years ago yeah now you know i think it was about um it was about eight years ago i have to check my numbers i, I can't quite remember but in, in about eight to ten years i believe mls numbers have gone from what was about 1400 to now around 600 yeah so over de- oh, that might actually that might be over 30 years okay so but at the at the moment we're losing mls's at a, a pretty rapid rate and there's a lot of consolidation going on is that because of zillow no, I don't think because of Zillow. I mean, potentially from some of the portals, but I also think that we're in a more global market now. I think, yeah. you know, there's, there's just... The, the element, the MLS's uh, thirst for power is unbelievable. And I think that people... Well, it's the thirst for relevance, I think, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, and they're fighting to hang on to that. And I think, I think there will be a time when that does phase out. I mean, hopefully, I think, you know, even if the MLS stays... I think if we could be down to you know even even an MLS per state would be a would be a massive win. Yeah, it would be a big uh, win. So, but I think that's with that consolidation and change that's continuing to occur and continuing to happen. I think that'll drive a lot of change with the the relevance of the the part time agent. I mean, mm-hmm. I think in a market that we're going into now, I I, I don't see much opportunity for them no um and and when you think about it i mean the part-time agent they represent a buyer yep and and the big question that we have to ask is you know we always we always are wanting to raise the professional standards in the industry because i think that goes a long way to the credibility and, and the reputation and the longevity of the industry so one of the issues that we have is the part-time agent who might just represent a, a friend or family as a buyer two or three or four times a year mm-hmm. don't actually offer any expertise or knowledge to that because no. you just can't you can't be relevant if you're doing if you're only doing a, a small number of deals every year yep so to me that's where we're you know ourselves we're putting ourselves at, at risk in a way because we're allowing people that are not professional to carry mm-hmm. out what we consider well what not just what we consider what is a very important process and it's a, it's a difficult job correct so I think that the the, the People are going to be wanting, and people now want experts, yes. and they want people that can help and guide them through a, a process. So, mate, the next question, the final thing that I think we'll leave it on is, um, 
commission rates. Yeah. You know, we sit now as a nation somewhere between that four and a half and five percent. Okay. Everyone would love to say that it is six, but as yep. a company, we're well over the average. You know, yep. we're well into the five percent as an average. Yeah. Um, based on what we offer with the auction model, and and obviously us more employing more full time realtors that really take a lot of pride in what they do. Um, there has to be a, some serious downward pressure. Now, forget what the rest of the world yeah. does, okay? Yeah. Because the one thing I think that the US is very, very good at is just staying focused on itself, yeah. okay? Um, there's some serious downward pressure from some of these, you know, middle America models like the purple bricks of the world, like the, you know, the, oh, you saw the, Redfin, the discount, Redfin, well, Redfin all Redfin C- CEO announced, uh, uh, I think it was earlier this week that there's, you know, there, there's way too much money in real estate mm-hmm. in uh, in the industry, which I mean, which is the agenda that they're pushing. Hey, I think, I think like anything, I think there there is going to be downward pressure, yes, and I think you know the way the the amount of money that is there for the agent right now in a lot of instances is, you know, could be considered high. Yep. I think that it's only considered high if we don't deliver on, you know. People are happy to pay for value. Yeah. Well, it experience, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. So if we can get that right, mm. I think the fee, there's no reason why we can't keep it and remain. If we change what we do to make the experience better, but if we're looking at what Purple Bricks, Redfin, all these other companies are doing, and we're in a race to the bottom in terms of fee, and we're defining ourselves by the price that we charge, mm. then we've got a real issue. But I think, you know, now's a time where if we really think and, and, and spend some time working toward what is the ways that we can enhance the experience, we can provide more value and we can actually make the whole process of buying, selling real estate one that people will remember and value. And Because there's no question, people are happy to pay top dollar yep. for an agent that delivers an exceptional experience yep. and result. Yep. So if we can really make sure that we continue to fine tune and improve on that, then I think it doesn't matter what the down, and there will be downward pressure and there'll be challenges and things, but I think if we can really define what it is that we're doing in our value, then you know the, the fee, whilst uh, will be something that is contentious, won't be something that we have to just won't, won't disappear. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, it's, it's funny though, you know, as it is one of the most expensive real estate models in the entire world, yeah. you know, their cousins, the Canadians just up, up from us, you know, yeah. their average fee is 3% and they are still splitting it down the middle with the buyers and selling yeah. agent. You know, like it's interesting that, you know, our relevance needs to continue to be there in respect to what we offer and, and our and, and the experience that we provide is probably the essence and the message throughout this entire podcast is yeah. the fact that what is our relevance as a realtor in 5, 10, 15, 20 years is yeah. that it comes back down to our level of experience that we want to give to our clients. Yeah. Um, because that's never going to change. Client experience is the one thing that is spoken about in every review first of all. Okay, yeah. And you know, regardless of whether it's a restaurant or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and that's what I would challenge everyone listening to have a think about. You know, what, what is it they're doing to actually make the experience for either buyer or seller better? Yeah. Is, is there something that you're doing that's standing out differently from your competition or are you just the same? And don't say taking professional photography or turning no, no, up on that, time. That's not or, pu- that, that's, or, yeah, there's certain not. things that should be just minimum standards. Correct, And, and there's right. other things that we can do over and above that to exceed the expectation, which is where we're really gonna make a difference. That's right, no problems. Rob, thank you for your time. Pleasure. Always good and uh, it's great to know that we're still relevant if we wanna be. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> thanks, right. mate. thanks mate.